Hello. Welcome to episode number 60 of CXO Talk. I am Michael Krigsman, and I'm here with my deliriously happy co-host, <laughs> Vala Afshar. Vala. Michael, thank you. For Are you deliriously happy today? That's a wonderful introduction. Are you thank deliriously you. happy? I am, I am happy because for episode number 60, we have one of the most extraordinary CIOs on the planet on our show. That's why I'm very happy. And I am happy for the same reason. Uh, we are joined today by Oliver Busman, who is the global CIO for UBS AG, one of the largest banks in the world. Oliver, how are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great pleasure. And I have to say, I'm very happy to be on the show. <laughs> Well, Oliver, we uh, we have known each other for a number, quite a number of years now, since you worked at SAP. Yeah, I think I think our social media relationship is I think over four years. I think uh, I think it feels like many years. And uh, um, as you always say, you know, activities uh, on social media and, and interacting with you and Valor is, um, I, you know, it's it's fantastic. Well, we we met on social media, and so it's exciting to be able to uh, have this discussion with you. Um, and before you go, most, for most of you who may not know in the audience, uh, Mr. Bossman has been named by numerous publications as the top social CIO in the world. So you know, today as we get to that portion of our discussion, we're certainly excited to learn from truly one of the top, most collaborative CIOs um, across any industry. So go ahead, Michael. Yeah, and definitely that's going to be something that we're going to talk about. Um, I notice I'm looking at my tweet stream right now, and I see Oliver has been tweeting within the last four minutes. <laughs> so Oliver, uh, tell us briefly about your professional background and your role at UBS. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, the, the Group Chief Information Officer at, at UBS over almost 25 years in the IT business. Um, half of my time in the high-tech industry with IBM, uh, with SAP, and uh, the rest uh, with the uh, banking industry, with Deutsche Bank, asset management, with Allianz Global Investors, insurance also with the insurance of, of Allianz Group, and now with uh, UBS. And, and you've, you have ran IT organizations in large technology companies, and now you know today in the banking uh, uh, industry. What are some of the differences uh, that you see as the CIO uh, from SAP to, to UBS today? Yeah, I think the, the big difference is that high tech is not regulated so much, and it's, there's, there's a reason why the financial service industry is regulated, and so there are much more requirements in respect of data privacy, security, um, and uh, procedures uh, to follow, and uh, so there is a little more effort to implement and, and make uh, innovative IT changes happen. So obviously, that there there must be very significant um, implications from an IT and a CIO perspective, therefore, between these two different industries. Yeah, I think uh, you know you have to you know you need uh, controls procedures in place to you know make sure that you in line with those regulatory requirements to avoid any uh, production challenges. Uh, and and from that perspective, um, the level of maturity to run the IT business um, in the banking industry is much higher than in the high tech because those requirements are not in place. 
and does that translate to additional employee training um, and, and additional skill set tools and processes to yeah. ensure compliance? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think from you know the way how you um, uh, define define procedures, the way how you follow up with controls, how you uh, make sure that is in line with those regulatory requirements. There is a there's significant effort uh, in training, education um, of of the IT organization and also the business to make sure that uh, that we stay in line with those requirements. Does it limit you from working more with startup? Um, um, or, or is that not, 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 not necessarily a factor? No, it's a, it's a factor because also the, the digitalization is, is, is moving in rapidly into the, the financial service industry. And if you look at, at the, the fintech startup community, mm. uh, it's, it's growing rapidly uh, right. across the different region. Uh, if you look at the venture capital firms investing in that community, it's almost doubling uh, uh, compared to 2005, so so there are a lot of um, uh, interesting development across the retail business, across the wealth management business that we are already working with certain startup firms and, and leverage their expertise. So I think if you if you talk about digitalization, um, um, working with startups, working with financial uh, with venture capital firms is one of the levers that uh, you, you have to utilize to be successful to in digitalizing. Um, processes, products, and in, in the banking world. When you talk about digitalization, what does that mean to you? I mean, this whole concept of digital business transformation uh, is a term that one hears, and there's no clear definition. And it seems whoever you talk to kind of <laughs> makes it up on the spot. And so, what, what does it what does it mean for you? How do you view this this issue? This first, first of all, first of all, it's a it's a joint effort with business and IT. So it's not a pure IT play, because at the end is understanding what kind of disruptive technologies are out there, and utilizing those those uh, IT innovation to digitalize processes, product, and then end up with a change of the way how you do business. So at the end, we have to think about what is the future business model, and then also uh, what's the value proposition. Uh, going forward. So if you if you start from a pure application layer, that's the wrong way to start. It's uh, what kind of bi business processes are the, uh, part of the value chain you want to automate to digitalize and provide a different user experience. Uh, and then think about what kind of products you know, will will be handled over that. You know that that drives at the end a digitalization uh, in in the banking and the financial service world. And as the as the CIO, can you talk to us about your role specifically, and perhaps your agenda in terms of digitalization uh, as as the person responsible for, you know, uh, all of IT at, at UBS? Yeah, I think as I said before, it is 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 a very strong partnership with the business because at the end, for me, it's important. We we have various business from asset management and wealth retail investment banking. Uh, and we have digital teams uh, in those businesses with the IT teams embedded. And, and the key topic is, first of all, where is our business will be in 2020, 2040? Uh, what kind of customer expectation will change at that time? And how a business model will look like in 10, 20 years from now? 
and 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 so so developing those plans and then also helping the business to to work on the implementation. This is one of the 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 responsibilities that I can see. I, I see IT is helping on and enabling the business. The second one is also uh, kind of um, um, providing access to research access. You know what what is available in the in the fintech environment. Hmm. Uh, open up uh, ways to you know what's what's been available in in those communities. Third is also access to venture capital firms to they have a pretty good understanding about what's going on in that startup community, what are the trends, the probability of those trends coming through. Uh, the fourth area is teaming up with um, universities. So we have set up uh, uh, projects with the university in Switzerland and other regions. And, and the fifth, fifth layer is, is talking about incubator. Incubator, you know, there are startup communities that we already inject teams kind of think tanks that work with within a location like, for example, we, we are part of the Blue Line startup community in Zurich uh, to work closely with those startups and, and learn from them immediately. So there are small teams embedded of that. So at the end is helping the business to d define the agenda and drive and then help them to get access what is available across the different channels. Channels from uh, the startup community, venture capital, universities, um, startup uh, environments. And, um, and make sure that across the various business that you know, best practices are being shared and, and avoiding duplication. So this implies a, a, a certain kind of relationship between IT and the business that's a very cooperative and a very collaborative mm -hmm. relationship, which many organizations struggle with. Mm -hmm. So how do you how do you um, how do you, how can a CIO help drive that type of cooperative relationship when in many organizations the business side is very resistant and just looks at IT and says, oh, you know, that's just infrastructure or help desk or what have you. Yeah, first of all, I think part of the strategy that we developed last year, you know, the, the focus is we have to be absolutely client-oriented and client-focused. Uh, so whatever we do should help our, our internal business or our businesses to be successful and transforming the business. So that means we spend a lot of effort to, from a relationship management perspective, understanding also the business strategy, where the business is heading, um, what are the challenges? How can we uh, how can we help them? I think that the understanding about the business uh, from a strategy, process, and where they want to go is one of the critical success factors. Um, and on top of that is is to yeah be a trusted partner as much as possible in sharing um, um, what's going on at the side in a transparent way. So um, um, so moving away from a black box that. IT is doing something behind closed door into um, what what ex what is possible and and what are the challenges etc. So again, the relationship piece and then also the effort to understand the business are critical. So so let's say we were going to draw a pie chart of Oliver Bossman's uh, monthly schedule. Uh, and you have a slice that represents time spent with your organization, and I believe you have a seven to eight thousand large IT organization, if I'm not mistaken. 
-hmm. an element of the pie chart speaks to speak, uh, collaborating uh, and spending time with the different lines of business, marketing, uh, sales, so on and so forth. And then the other piece is outside facing with, you know, as you mentioned, universities, VC yeah. customers. Mm -hmm. Break that pie chart for us. How much of your time is spent internal versus external and good advice to other yeah. CIOs? Yeah, I think I think um, it, it's and you're going through different phases in uh, if you take on a new assignment um, as a CEO. Uh, definitely in the first phase, you you focus heavily on reaching out to your business partners and and and, and businesses and 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 under, try to understand you know what's the expectation, what their uh, what are the strengths, the weaknesses, etc., and build that foundation. Um, that's absolutely critical to develop that network. The same also mechanism you have, I have to apply and everybody has to apply also to build a network within the employee community. Mm -hmm. So developing a strategy is one thing from a content perspective, business buy-in, but then the organizational change management uh, to reach out to 8,000 employees is, is critical, most critical is uh, last year. So I'm heavily uh, using social media platforms internally uh, from blogging, polls, video, uh, chat, etc., to um, make myself available and 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 utilize you know entry points in those networks to spread the news. In addition, also to do um, coffee corner session, so something that uh, we do uh, globally that um, all my management team members get information about important messages and and they do informal coffee corner session, which I do at least one two times per month. So we're cascading also there. So there is a there's a relationship, uh, informal relationship between the managers and on also different um, employee communities. So I would say I would say the external piece at the beginning, I would say it's maybe limited to 10 percent, 20 percent. If you add maybe more of the strategic vendors is a little bit more, maybe 30 percent, but the rest is, is heavily on, 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 on the business and the employee side. But over time, you know, if you mature, your organization gets stabilized, uh, you see achievements, you see progress and transformation, the external portion um, uh, increased. That means also that you meet UBS customers, um, 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 analysts, etc., to share your experience because that's a value also for our business, the investment banking business, to understand what are the IT trends, how this translates to business, etc. So that, that portion will increase over time, but again, taking on um, a transformation, a change is the focus is more on understanding the business, understanding the employees, uh, building a network uh, as, a, as a starting point and a foundation. So, so then would it be correct to say that a significant amount of your time is spent creating these relationships with various uh, people inside the business? Yeah, absolutely. And then that becomes the foundation on which you can Accomplish the various goals and strategies that you were just that you were just describing. Absolutely, because again, is you know, if you have a strategy, if you change agenda, you have to talk. You have to be yeah, you repeat. You have to be repetitive because then people understand the message. You the engagement level is going up, and and because we cannot micromanage eight thousand people, so to follow that you get support, it needs a lot of communication effort, engagement effort, and over time that an organization understands and, and also embrace those changes. So, so Oliver, is the real job of a CIO 
about relationships or about technology? I think finding the right balance. I would say um, um, I think there's a combination of defining, you know, where will be the IT organization in the next two, three years, um, finding good people to make this happen, uh, engage with the, the different uh, business and employee communities to get the buy-in, the full buy-in, and not also on the other side to make sure that you understand what's what's out there uh, from a from a technology point of view with vendors, with the startups, etc. And and then you have to find good people to map those data points hmm. and 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 develop a new value proposition from an IT perspective. Uh, can we talk a little bit about some of the demands uh, of you and your organization from within UBS? What are you seeing in terms of, you know, growing trends in technology, whether it's consumerization of IT-related trends or, 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 or other, other uh, um, you know, um, initiatives that are, that are now part of your, you know, 2014-15 technology roadmap? Yeah, the, the trend definitely is, um, if I look at uh, how we serve our customers to also to um, provide yeah, a consumer experience. Um, if I look at our investment towards the, the e-banking and mobile banking challenge mm -hmm. increased significantly over the last 12 months, uh, 12 months, 18 months. There's a shift definitely that um, services that you maybe get through branches also has a clear demand also to provide this to mobile devices. We heavily invested in functionality and design and also user experience last year. Uh, we got several awards for best-in-class um, uh, mobile apps and web application now, and we saw a peak increase of, of usage of our services um, over the last few months, almost over 50% user sessions, numbers of transactions. So there is a clear shift of that, and there will be an ongoing effort to understand which kind of services can be digitalized and be directly handed over or provided to to the business. And it's not only the retail business, it's also the wealth management business and also the investment banking, which is you know, serving almost 5,000 institutional clients through those uh, platforms to get access to research information, embracing social collaboration. So mm -hmm. social is also something in, in, in close communities, also something that we see that you follow certain experts in that uh, in that community, you can interact, you can comment on that, and it's still you can use this also to do business, transactional business. So uh, what I'm saying is, the typical mega trends uh, from analytics, social, mobile, cloud is definitely also coming into, and it's already in the financial service industry. Can I ask uh, how many mobile devices do you have? Uh, <laughs> and you know, personally, I, I you know I have a laptop, uh, an iPad, and an iPhone, and I I don't have a desktop uh, machine, and I've been mobile 100% for several years now. So I'm curious, you know, how many IP devices uh, you have in your briefcase? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I have multiple. I think um, um, I think I have. Uh, iPad, I have a Galaxy um, uh, uh, phone, Galaxy 5, uh, Galaxy Note, um, and um, uh, what else I have? Uh, the Google Nexus, the 7-inch, 
Um, I, I think I'm looking into the new, um, I saw the new Samsung Galaxy S. Okay, <laughs> wow. So you're a typical so, super uh, techie CIO. <laughs> yeah, I think, and and I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, um, of oh, these wearable yeah. devices. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Samsung uh, um, Galaxy Gear Fit, and um, I think that's the future. I think if I see a way that uh, my wife has now uh, total access during my business life because I see messages from her now immediately on my on my. Uh, Wow, wearable, uh, wearable uh, computing, multiple devices, and you had mentioned uh, that what you rode over three thousand kilometers cycling last year. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised that you're completely connected. <laughs> yeah, and then my wife can track me on Facebook where I am on my bike. So I think everything is possible. No? So um, and um, no, I think there's a big change, and you, you, I think as a CIO, you you have to explore that. Sure. Uh, because different uh, experiences, different functionality, and for example, now with the new devices, the variable devices, I think question of time that I would say in the next three, five years, maybe the, the smartphones will disappear because that functionality will be so small uh, that uh, you interact. Maybe there will be glasses to it's a different way how to interact with the information and. Uh, um, and as as a IT organization now, we are already thinking about. Is there something that we can provide alerts on the device or something else? So, um, so, and that's that's a topic that we also um, um, start doing is kind of co-innovation spaces. So we have now um, uh, free investment to ex give business and IT teams the possibility to explore uh, new devices, new software, new startup um, services, and think about what could be what are potential use cases and benefits and then if we believe that there's a strong case we move it over in our traditional IT portfolio. Sure. So sure. we need we need a space of exploring, figuring out is it is it worth or not and then uh, uh, building that expertise because if we have that expertise what's business doing and what's possible on the IT side that drives at the end innovation. Sure. Connecting those dots. Well you were Aren't well on your way of being a spokesman for Samsung until you just said that smartphones are going to disappear in a few years. So that's right. <laughs> so you'll have to keep your job at UPS yeah. and not, not move to a Samsung. But um, we have a question say, from. Uh, I'm device agnostic. Yeah, that's right. We have a question from uh, Twitter from uh, Mr. Zachary Jeans, and uh, Zachary asks, "What do you love about the role of being the CIO?" Yeah, because I, 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 yeah, my roles are so. I have many roles. One is um, uh, the traditional role to be a functional CIO, and and that means you have to keep your house in order from, from you know how you run your data centers, your applications, um, how you run your vendor portfolio, everything that you can measure, and and that's that's absolutely foundation. For the second part is is understanding the business, the business strategy to enable them to. Yeah, transform the business and sitting at the same table. The third one is is the innovation topic, is to identify you know what are the trends out there and how can those disrupted innovation topics be embedded in your product and service lifecycle, so be, become even more strategic. So that's the that's a fascinating part. 
um, to you know play those different roles, mm. and and you have to balance that. You know, you can do a lot of uh, work on innovation if the foundation, from a availability point of view, is not working. So that's that's something that you should never forget: is that house has to be in order, uh, and then the value from a transformation and innovation product, uh, product uh, will come through. So that yeah, that is always that I have to keep in mind. And depending on in which phase you are in the transformation, you spend more time at the beginning on on those functional topics. But but at the end, I'm I'm already working on the other topics, and this will over time will shift and increase. But again, you have to fully understand where you are um, with your organization in that life cycle, and then depending on that, you you shift your 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 time spent and also priorities. You know, it's interesting. We recently spent time with the uh, senior IT executives at Intel, and they have a pyramid, which they call a different terminology, but it, it parallels what you just described very closely. And uh, one of the things I wonder, actually, I, I gave a, I was giving on a panel the other day, giving a talk, and one of the questions that came up was about metrics. And it's pretty clear at the operational, at the foundation level, that operational level, the metrics are going to be traditional IT metrics, things like, yeah. like uptime and yep. user sessions and so forth. But as you climb that value, that, uh, that value chain and you're delivering some more uh, strategic partnership and then innovation and uh, collaboration with the business, how do you measure it? What are what are the metrics and the measurements and the definitions of success that you can apply? I would I would say um, for me success is that that the organization gener generates a lot of ideas, innovation ideas that you start to explore, and and, and there are differences. I can say you know there are certain businesses that are very eager, and you see the volume of ideas really bubbling up. And then is is I would say also um, uh, you measure success on how many of them are going into the traditional uh, implementation portfolio, and then you measure also yeah from a revenue on, and business growth perspective what's the impact on that too. Sure. So I I could easily do did this in in my previous job as SAPC how many ideas we embrace with those co-innovation spaces how many ideas. How many of the ideas were then implemented in production? Because the idea of the innovation space is not to put it in production; it's really to explore. Sure. And then, how many in production? And then you could see how much revenue you could, you could generate out of that. Sure. So you so you have a multi-level um, way of looking at it, and so therefore you're going to need a, a multifaceted set of measures. Yeah, because at the end, and also if you if you have that expertise, for example, uh, we have expertise also to share our our knowledge now with the in investment banking arm that we do went going to conferences, share our, um, um, experiences uh, with analysts, with customer institutional customers, uh, clients. You know, you build more of those kind of um, knowledge and expertise. This this becomes even a bigger value. Again, depending on where you are in the, your life cycle of your organization. No? Sure. We have another question from uh, Twitter, but before I, we ask the question, Shell Israel, who uh, a Forbes contributor, co-authored a book about contextual intelligence um, uh, with Robert Scoble, made a comment, perhaps we will wear phones like Band-Aids. We'll use voice commands, and they'll be biodegradably disposable. So <laughs> that's from uh, Mr. Israel. But the question from David Chow, who is an extraordinary CIO of one of the largest 
uh, hospitals in the U.S. asks, um, will the banking industry become completely self-service with the advances in mobile technology? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, but um, you see more and more services uh, being being um, available through those channels. But the key point is. Uh, w what is the additional value that can can you generate over that? So, I think there's different uh, um, ways to first of all to consume and access information because the challenge for our banking customer is you have so much market information. What is the best uh, information, the level of information that you want to do to get informed and make decisions? That's, for example, one of the topics that I see as a major change. Um, the other one is to, uh, based on your profile, on your risk profile, on the, the, your goals, is to come up with the right recommendation. So at the end, that the client advisor has more time for personal interaction. So, so those are those are big changes that um, I can see that not only the typical transactional business will be shifted over to the to mobile devices, but there are additional services that only is, is, is available through the mobile combined with, I believe, also the social component that you will see that you will interact with other clients in a social community and I would say social training that you could potentially, for example, uh, follow certain investments, uh, etc. So there is a make significant change in the way how you do banking business today and also going forward. I'd like to ask you something, switching gears a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, I talk with CIOs and IT organizations who are really good. You know, they're smart people, they're very good, and they want to have the kind of partnership and collaboration with the business side that you're describing, but the business just is not willing to prioritize IT, so they're, they're perpetually understaffed. They don't have the resources, and as a result, they under-deliver because they, they're, they're just swamped. Mm -hmm. And they want to do a better job and, and mm -hmm. go higher on that value chain. It's a really tough situation. I think there's a lot of CIOs who are in that position. What advice do you have for, for those folks who kind of want to follow in your Footsteps and and just yeah I think, I think if 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 and, and that's that's that can happen that you have a partner that has other priorities and doesn't want to spend so much on IT I think you have to find in those organizations um, uh, people that are that are excited that are excited about one topic and 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 you you invest in those maybe small projects and make it success so build that trust and and people can see that so it means. Finding the right topic, finding uh, a partner on the business side that get excited, and again, I'm not about talking about big topics, and then talk about that um, in a, in a, in a yeah, you communicate the success and spread the news, and then that build trust. Now, I you know the, the topic mm -hmm. you know, I've been many times so is with so uh, mobile devices. Small, we started small in my previous job, and then becomes uh, a, it was a huge demand at the end, and and so you have to try sometimes topics that um, you believe there's a potential and and you explore and and but again finding somebody in an organization maybe sometimes is one person is enough on the business side to do, do that and then and and celebrate that success that's critical and then people will follow 
And, and what is your specific method of teaching and mentoring um, an incredibly large organization of 8,000? You mentioned blogging. You mentioned coffee chats. Yeah. Are there other processes and tools that 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 that, that you have found to be uh, you know, impactful in terms of yeah. teaching IT how to deliver value? I think, first of all, I think you, you have to manage various communication channels. So you have to look at your the way the different communication channels and pick what is the best one to send your message from email, from blogs, um, chat, uh, town halls, coffee corner session, etc. Um, you know, working with the communication guys, the uh, organization, that's, that's absolutely critical that you, you get a sense what's the best channel to get the message across. Then I would really also recommend, if you talk about also getting closer to the business, invite the business to be part of that communication. Be on stage with the business. Uh, invite the business leaders on that and, and share also the business strategy. And that's important. It's almost for me important uh, if I have my manager calls that I share what are the quarter results of UBS, how's the strategy, the business strategy, how successful implementing uh, uh, UBS is doing that, what, what are the key learnings out of the marketplace, providing even feedback from uh, analysts, financial analysts about the results of UBS. So understanding the business results and where the bank is going is absolutely necessary in our business. And uh, it's not only here, it's also in my previous job, Embracing that, I think that's be critical because the IT organization with the strategy should be always connected what's going on in the business. So there, there is a connect for all employees in IT where the bank is heading, how this is translated into the IT world. And it was my role to, uh, um, to contribute to the success of IT and then also to the business. When you are uh, hiring people, to what extent is their ability to go beyond technology and to understand the business a criteria or a factor? It's, it's, it's a big factor because I'm a believer, because as a manager, I would say, as I said, 40, 50% of my time is interaction, communication. So my experience is, is I prefer somebody who is very strong also from the social um, um, skills, soft skills. Um, and sure, absolute technical skill is necessary, uh, but sometimes it's, if you only focus on that, you're going nowhere. So, so my, my preference is somebody who is a team player, be part of the IT team, is able to leverage the different um, expertise in the IT organization, and is able to communicate and manage uh, the relationship to um, partners, vendors, and the business. Fantastic. So um, I know that you must have a lot of, um, uh, you know, challenges in terms of delivering to what the sales organization needs. I know even in a technology company, you know, leading the marketing function at Extreme, you know, one of my key customers and stakeholders is the sales organization. Can you talk about, you know, how technology is morphing the requirements and the needs of the sales organization and how IT at UBS is delivering value to the field? Yeah, I think you know the 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 the, the, the key. Um, you know, if you're in a banking business, important is the, your investment govern uh, investment performance. It's all about can you help the business, uh, your client at the end to be successful in growing your your estate. 
And IT here can help because we're talking about millions of data of portfolio data because you invest in different asset classes, different region, etc. And, and understanding those portfolio data and then matching this to the strategy of the chief investment officer and providing uh, guidance to the client and to the client advisors here, um, that helps a lot to, to generate alerts, to trigger discussion and, 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 and meetings that couldn't happen before because the client advisor would spend much more time on analyzing those data that now the, the IT organization can provide with the insight of the big data. And so there is a shift definitely going on to help the client advisor to leverage what we have of information, historical data, and what's going on from the external market perspective, and leverage the strategies that, that the investment officer are, are, are defining and, and see if there's a match, is there a deviation, and that triggers a lot of um, um, input for discussion with our clients. We have a, another question from Twitter. You can see we, we prioritize the questions as they come in from Twitter. Uh, Good. Good. This hmm. is from Eileen Butler, who asks, can you share thoughts on how cloud is changing the relationship between IT and the business? Yeah, I think in, in general, you know, the cloud business is changing the, the IT delivery model. There's, there's, there's definitely uh, what you see is that um, um, business function in the support area from uh, from HR, from uh, from procurement perspective, uh, service management, uh, uh, commodity services that the, the cloud topic, the cloud services can standardize to the maximum because you know as a cloud provider you maybe allow five three percent of deviation to your your cloud services so it, it it drives discipline in those support functions to follow those services. Um, at the end, the expertise required on, on the IT side is shifting towards understanding the business processes, understand the business, how this can reflect it in the services, plus the end-to-end -end architecture, data security, data management are areas of expertise that are becoming more important in the cloud environment. So at the end is, you know, your business expertise in relationship to your business will become more and more important to survive in the cloud business. Sure. We started our uh, interview today talking about the fact that you have been named by multiple uh, publications as the top social CIO in the world based on your 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 collaboration, size of your network, and mm -hmm. and and the frequency in which you engage with your audience. In fact, both Michael and I uh, met you through social collaboration, and I've learned so much from you. Why invest so much of your time on on social media and 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 being a collaborative uh, business leader? Yeah, I think I think you have to uh, we have to differentiate between my social um, engagement uh, inside my organization and outside, and and you go also different different cycles here. My 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 key learning with social media internally is whatever we see externally as a consumerization of IT is coming also inside. So whatever uh, we see on Facebook, Twitter, those kind of principles are also now inside in, inside an organization. 
and, and leveraging the way how you uh, cascade information, how you make yourself accessible. And that's a, that's a different change of, of management style. Now, in previous years, very hierarchically, you know, it was hard to reach out to certain people, get access on that. That's possible you know, that people uh, can ping me over, over our social media platform, our connection, we, ca uh, we call it. And sometimes also employee ping me over my social social media uh, platforms on Twitter or LinkedIn, send me messages, try to engage with me. So you know that's that's for me a change of management culture that that you make yourself accessible um, for ideas, feedback. Because I'm learning every day, and and part of that learning is that I get feedback in a constructive way from my uh, my working environment. And and the other thing is if you if 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 you go through a transformation, you can you transform the organization and you spend a lot of time in communicating and changing the organization. You reach a certain limit and it takes it takes a while to get there. But then also my experiences is your external communication will help also to boost your internal change. So, so as a CIO, um, it's important that you you share your experiences outside, what you, what are the key learnings, etc., and this will also come back into your organization. And to understand that is is then also the the, the, the position of of the CIO is gets gets another value also to to share this to the outside world. And, and again, the, the social media platform like LinkedIn, uh, Twitter gives you that platform. No? And uh, I was, it was amazing for me to go from few followers on, on Twitter to almost 11,000, 15,000 on LinkedIn is building that community. Right. And, 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 and even beyond the last 12 months, I did less social activities because I've, I'm still I'm focusing on internal and that will continue because, again, you have to understand in which phase you are. Um, gave me still access to recommendation links uh, that I would never get through the traditional media. Right. Um, not like following you, Valer, and, and, and Michael, you always point to um, good sources of information that, that has a huge value for me. And I'm, 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 I'm flagging those, I store this information, and I reuse that in my job. So it's part of my, my communication habit and behavior now. But this this requires thank you for the kind words and, and yeah. the feeling of course is is mutual. But this requires as well a change in the relationship to the established communication organization. Historically we had an executive and we had the outside world and in between we had global communications. And today there's the power to go to to bypass that middle section entirely. So how do you manage that, especially uh, in such a large organization as yours? No, I think, I think you, you work together with communication because I think uh, um, there are certain rules also in, in the high-tech industry that you, you have to follow, you know, how you engage with your employees and also with the outside world. And depending on the industry, there are sometimes different rules and, and, and there, there, there are certain benefits that you can you can maximize, and you follow that. And 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 with that, the organization is learning, and then over time, sometimes you expand that bandwidth that you can utilize. 
And uh, and that's important that you fully understand where you are and which organization, industry, etc. Understand what are the rules of engagement and communication. You inject slowly some changes, ideas. For example, in bringing the uh, social media platform for blogging, chatting into uh, um, the U.S. organization uh, was um, was for me an important step. And now you see other leaders embracing that. That was not maybe possible two years ago. Sure. Uh, certainly, when you were at SAP, you and folks like Jonathan Becker and others, uh, you know, incredibly social. And do you have a sense today what percentage of your IT organization is, has embraced and and uh, and practice collaboration outside of of UBS? Mm, that's, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Um, sure. It's, it's, it's not comparable uh, because high tech is. Is is also spreading the news, no? Because they're 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 um, uh, also are, are master in, in utilizing social social media. If you look at the um, the SAP community, almost three thousand three million users, and right. giving them access to uh, resources, information, etc. And they're spreading this, and and they're motivating that. It's it's hard to compare this with other industries because it's sure. part of their um, yeah go to market, no? Sure. And, and what, what what advice would you give to CIOs who are looking to start? You know, you know. I know you're active on, as you said, Twitter and LinkedIn and other social platforms. Where should they start? And and you know, are there any yeah. best practices that you can share with other CIOs? Yeah, I think the, the, on SlideShare there is there's a presentation also also on LinkedIn. If you go uh, my blogs on LinkedIn, um, what are the steps to become a social CIO? And you know there are several there, 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 there are several steps. One is to yeah establish yourself to build a social brand um, on those platforms like Twitter and LinkedIn. To first of all follow like you Michael and then and then you expand and you watch and learn and you secondly absorb information that you can use for your eighty day life. The second topic is uh, you start commenting on on those um, uh, uh, Twitter messages etc. Um, and so it drives the engagement level up. And the fourth one is you contribute. Contributing, you write blogs on LinkedIn, on, on other platforms, and, and, and point to those information. And, and, and so you give back to the community. And so it's a give and take at the end. It's you learn, you get a lot of feedback information out of your uh, network, but on the other side, um, it's important to also share what you do, um, uh, what's your view on certain topics. Um, again, there are certain rules to, to follow, not that you, you, um, uh, uh, how you share information, how you comment on that. But again, over time, you build that confidence because a lot of CIOs are afraid of to yeah, be active on, on Twitter. Um, and, and, and over time, you learn what, what you can do and what not. Michael, Michael, did you hear that beginning? Did you hear the beginning of that advice to follow Michael and Vala on Twitter? I don't know if you heard that. I, I, I did. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Oliver, we appreciate that. That might be the title. That might be the title I of like my that. blog. I like that. When we did the summary. <laughs> Oliver Busman, follow uh, Volo and Michael. That well, <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe that we are in the fortunate position to be receiving social media advice from the global CIO of uh, UBS. 
UBSAG, the, the, uh, one of the largest financial services organizations in the world. And unfortunately, this call, we, this conversation could go on for another hour, Easily. but it is that time. <laughs> so, uh, if fact, all, it's been an honor and a privilege. I've been following you for years. And it doesn't matter if you're in IT or any other uh, line of business. Do yourself a favor and follow Mr. Oliver Bossman because uh, he is truly uh, one of the top CIOs on social media. So it, 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 it can only help you grow as an individual and as a professional. So thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah, Oliver, thank you so much. And Valo, this has been a pleasure seeing you again. It's been. <laughs> yes, thanks, Mike. Thank you so much for. Thank you so much for having me. It was was fun. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, sir. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye. You have been watching episode number sixty of CXO Talk. Our wonderful guest has been Oliver Busman, who is the global CIO of UBS. I hope you'll join us next week when our guest will be Jeanette Horan, who is the CIO of IBM. So thank you so much for watching, and come back next time. Bye-bye.